There are really three major ways that passive investors in real estate make returns, and you should understand all these methods when you start investing. And as a bonus, I'll actually tell you at the end of this episode about a secret fourth type of return that very few investors actually realize is on the table for them and their investments. This is the Passive Real Estate Strategies Podcast, where we educate career-driven individuals who have tapped out their earning potential, learn about passive real estate investing so you can continue building your wealth without compromising your time or taking on more responsibilities. I'm your host and managing partner at Realm Investors, a multifamily syndication group who has helped multiply millions of dollars for our passive investors. Thanks for tuning in and let's get on with the show. Now, the first type of return is what most people think of when they think of investing in rentals, and that's your cash return from rents. Now, these are the distributions you get either monthly or quarterly and is the free cash flow left after covering all of our operating expenses, capital expenses, and loan payments. But what most people don't know about cash return is it's very likely the cash return on a deal represents the lowest amount of return in that deal. A class B property right now may ballpark you around a three to 6% cash return early on and then grow a few years after that closer to maybe 10%, which is still a great return. But from an actual ROI perspective, generally cash flow represents the lower of the next type of return, which is forced and market appreciation. Now market appreciation is the natural growth a geographical area might see. This comes from imbalances in supply and demand, and to capitalize on market appreciation, we look for things like income growth and job growth and population growth as it compares to the new construction pipeline. If we see a market that's seeing you know, 10,000 people move into it a month with only 10,000 units of new housing deliveries scheduled over the next year, well, we know that's going to create supply and demand imbalances and will be a great market to see natural appreciation. Now, the second type of appreciation is forced appreciation, which is appreciation that operators have control over by increasing the net income of a property, which is how commercial real estate is priced. If you're able to increase income while decreasing expenses, the asset will become more valuable to the next purchaser or in a refinance situation, and you'll realize significantly larger returns. Now, we did this recently on a 144-unit acquisition where we were able to cut the expenses down by more than 20% due to identifying and fixing operational inefficiencies from the previous ownership over just six months. Now, over that six-month period, just from that 20% savings, not even including that we were actually able to increase the top-line income, but even if we didn't increase the income at all, just in that savings of expenses, we were able to increase the property's value by $2 million. Now, the third way passive investors make a return before we jump into our bonus hidden strategy is through tax benefits. Now, I'm not a CPA or tax attorney or tax expert, so please consult your personal advisors before making decisions. But from a very high level, the tax benefit you want to be familiar with is called depreciation. Now, apartment buildings experience wear and tear, just like any physical asset. So the IRS allows you to account for that wear and tear over a 27 and a half year period. And in some cases, you can even accelerate that timeline. But every year, that means you can realize a little bit of wear and tear, even if you don't actually spend the cash to address it. 
So it's a great way to show loss on paper, even if you're actually bringing in positive cash returns from rents and appreciation. And depending on your tax position and your profession, for many investors, the depreciation is enough to cover any taxable liability from your passive income gains. So again, consult your own professionals when it comes to taxes. Everybody's situation is different, but from a very high level, most of our investors are seeing depreciation create a significantly favorable tax position for them when it comes to their passive income. Now, those are three big ways that most people understand that there's returns within this real estate, within real estate investing. But there's a fourth hidden return that not many people actually realize is on the table. And that method is called principal paydown. Now, every month when rents come in and we take those rents and we pay the property's expenses with it and the mortgage, and every month when that mortgage gets paid down by our tenants, you realize additional return. By reducing outstanding loan balances, historically, operators have seen it amounts to about 2 to 4% additional annual return. Now, 2 to 4% alone doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're analyzing deal packages, this is typically not going to be factored in there. So if there is principal reduction involved in the asset you're investing in, this 2 to 4% becomes an additional bonus for that investment. Well, that's it for today's show. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you're looking to learn more about passive real estate investments, make sure you head to our show notes and download our free ebook, The Definitive Guide to Passive Real Estate Strategies, where we reveal the ins and outs of the truly passive ways to invest in real estate. We'll see you on the next episode.